Shohei Otani sent shockwaves through the sports world after signing a record 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. At a whopping $700 million, the contract set a new record as the richest contract in professional team sports history. At $70 million a year AAV, Otani would have made more money than the Reds, Royals, Pirates, and Athletics' entire 26-man payrolls. But instead, Otani structured his contract so the Dodgers could put as much talent around him as possible, build one of the best baseball rosters on paper in the history of Major League Baseball, and net themselves more than a billion dollars in the process. This is the story of how the Dodgers found themselves a unicorn and signed him to what could go down as the best contract in professional sports history for the best player in baseball history. Shohei the money. Shohei, individually and as a team, what would you consider to be a successful next 10 years here with the Dodgers? Aki Shonen, a kid who lives, eats, and breathes baseball. Shohei Otani was born on July 5, 1994, in Oshu, Japan, to parents Toru and Kayoko Otani. Both had athletic backgrounds. Toru played semi-pro ball in the Industrial League while working at a Mitsubishi factory, and Kayoko was a world-class badminton player. Shohei would learn the game from his father, who helped him to develop into a rare left-handed hitter who was a right-handed thrower. Otani had prodigious power even at an early age, but what made him special was his ability to hit for power to all fields. Now, many believe that he developed this skill while playing games in his middle school days along the Isawa River. As a left-handed hitter, Otani pulled so many home runs over the right field wall and hit the ball so far that a countless number of baseballs ended up in the Isawa River. Great for Otani, but bad for his team because they were losing so many baseballs. This is where Otani would learn to hit baseballs so hard that they would disappear into the night. And he never lost that skill. In 2016, in an exhibition game against the Netherlands in the WBC, Otani hit a ball so hard that it went through the roof of the Tokyo Dome. It was estimated that it would have gone at least 525 feet. And now he did get credit for a ground rule double, but to me it should have gone as an inside the park dome run. By age 16, Otani would end up at the Hanamaki Higashi Baseball Program. Now, Shohei was already a local legend at that point and had the talent to play for big powerhouse high schools like Osaka and Yokohama, but instead chose to stay local. There he would compete in baseball and as a swimmer. He was so talented as a swimmer that his coach said that he could have made the Olympics. At Higashi, in addition to baseball and swimming, Otani would learn life lessons from his baseball coach, Hiroshi Sasaki. And now Sasaki would never let his stars get too high. What he would do is he made his best pitchers clean toilets. He did that so they could stay humble. Sasaki said, once they get up there, they're at the pinnacle. So for the rest of the day, I tell them, you have to do the lowest job. And Sasaki said that Otani never complained once about having to clean the toilets. There he wasn't the big and tall Otani yet, but there an MRI revealed that his growth plates were still far apart and that he had a lot of growing in his future. To put on weight, Otani ate 10 bowls of rice a day, gained 45 pounds, grew to 6'4 in his last year of high school, 
school and emerged as an elite international prospect. At that point, he was hitting towering home runs and throwing 99 miles per hour, and teams like the Dodgers, Giants, Yankees, Red Sox, and Rangers were all traveling to Japan to try to recruit him. Then in 2012, still just 18 years old, Otani held a press conference to announce that he was going to skip the NPB and go right to Major League Baseball out of high school. Otani said at the press conference, great players from every country go there. I don't want to lose to those players. Now, Shohei hadn't been signed by a big league club yet, but he held the press conference to try to deter NPB teams from drafting him. But unfortunately for Shohei, he was such a prized prospect that teams were willing to take the risk and draft him with their top pick. And the team that was willing to take that risk on Otani was the Nippon Ham Fighters, who selected him with the top overall pick. And now all the Ham Fighters had to do was convince him not to go to America and pursue the major leagues. So the first thing they did was they told Otani that he wouldn't go right to the bigs, that he would have to go through the minor league system and suffer through long bus rides in small towns. They even told him that it was going to be difficult for him to find a Japanese girlfriend. They also offered him number 11, which was the number that one of Otani's favorite players, Yu Darvish, wore. And then most importantly, the Ham Fighters sold Otani on the opportunity to be a two-way player. So Otani chose to start his professional career in the NPB. It was with the Ham Fighters that Otani established himself as one of the best players on the planet, making five all-star teams, winning an MVP and a championship in 2016. And the Dodgers were still keeping a very close eye on Shohei during this time. In 2016, Dodgers first baseman Adrian Gonzalez was sent to an exhibition game between Japan and Mexico where he gave Otani a Dodgers bag with a jersey inside. And now fast forward to the following year and it was finally time for Otani to take his talents to the show. Now, Otani could have waited two more years and signed as an unrestricted free agent for $200-plus million, but he was willing to take far less money to pursue his big league dream. But it's never been about the money for Shohei Otani. It's always been about baseball, not Benjamins. And here's a story that illustrates that. Back in his early years in the NPB for the Ham Fighters, he was already on billboards and in commercials. He was a phenomenon in Japan. But despite making more than $2 million a year before endorsements, Otani lived a modest life and lived off an allowance of $1,000 a month, which was given to him by his mom. His mom managed his funds and gave him $1,000 a month to live on. And now $1,000 a month is a lot more than the allowance that I got from my mom for taking out the trash and walking the dog, but I'm not the best baseball player in the world. Now, most players that made his kind of money in the MPB would buy big houses and luxury condos, but not Shohei. Otani wasn't out there living a luxurious lifestyle. Where was he living? He was living in the team's dorms, and he couldn't even leave those dorms unless he got the manager's approval because he wanted to spend all of his time at the ballpark dedicated to his craft. And so Otani wasn't chasing a big contract. He was chasing a team that would let him pitch and let him hit. And despite aggressive recruiting efforts by the Los Angeles Dodgers, where they had a pitch meeting that included Clayton Kershaw and Justin Turner, 
he ultimately would sign with the Los Angeles Angels, where due to international signing rules, he was only able to sign for a bonus at $3.57 million plus his minor league salary. And despite historic individual success where he won multiple unanimous MVP awards, established himself as the best two-way player this game has ever seen, the Angels, not only did they not make the postseason, they never finished with a winning record with Otani. And by the time the end of the 2023 season rolled around, it was time to answer one of the biggest questions in baseball history. Which team would sign Otani? Shohei Otani entered free agency as the most hyped and coveted free agent in the history of professional sports, and he was widely expected to sign the richest contract of all time, with insiders projecting a deal worth anywhere between $500 and $600 plus million. Now, what makes Shohei Otani so valuable? What put him in line to sign the biggest contract in sports history? Well, one, he's really, really good at baseball, like really, really good, like he might even be the best ever. Oh, and he's a unicorn. At the plate, Shohei hits at an MVP level, having already won two unanimous MVP awards before the age of 30. He can hit for power. He averaged 41 home runs a year for the past three seasons. He can hit for average. He hit 304 last season. But what makes him special is he can hit as well as he can pitch. When he's on the mound, he's a Cy Young caliber ace pitcher. When he's in the box, he's an MVP hitter. Now, Otani did suffer his second major arm injury and did undergo a procedure that will keep him off the mound in 2025, but he fully expects to be throwing 100 mile per hour fastballs, nasty sweepers, and filthy splitters again next year. So that's what makes Otani a once-in-a-sport type player because he's an elite hitter and an elite pitcher rolled into one. Think of Otani as a turducken version of Matt Olson and Spencer Strider on the Braves or an Aaron Judge and a Garrett Cole rolled into one player. That is how good of a player he is. We'll never see this again in the history of the sport in my opinion. He's doing what Babe Ruth did a long time ago but on a whole another level and he is sustaining it so if he gets back on the mound he continues to pitch like he did before the injury we're talking about paying one player to be the best pitcher in the game potentially and the best hitter in the game and now fast forward to december 9 2023 and finally after years of speculation as to where he'd end up shohei otani announced on his instagram page that he was signing with the los angeles dodgers shortly thereafter it was reported that Otani was signing for a record $700 million on a 10-year pact, and that $700 million represented the largest guarantee a team had ever committed to an athlete in the history of professional sports, with the previous record being the four-year $671 million deal that soccer superstar Lionel Messi signed with FC Barcelona. So even though Shohei signed the richest contract in sports history, it could also go down as the most team-friendly contract as well. How is that? Well, due to the fact that Otani takes home over $50 million a year in endorsements, he doesn't rely on the money he makes from the team he's playing for. So Otani's decided to take only $2 million a year from the Dodgers. Well, how does he do that? Why wouldn't he want more money? Well, he's a six-tool player, and that six-tool is his marketability. You see, Shohei is by far the most marketable player in baseball, and it's not even close. Shohei doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. 
He made over $50 million in endorsements last season from companies like New Balance, Seiko, Fanatics, Hugo Boss, Tops. There's Japanese cosmetic companies, just to name a few. Otani made more than $50 million in endorsements last season. The next closest MLB player was Bryce Harper, who took home around $7 million. Otani makes more endorsements all by himself than Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr., Clayton Kershaw, and Freddie Freeman combined. Teams benefit from that level of star power as well, too. Sponsorships, gate revenue, ticket sales. Industry experts project that Shohei will net the Dodgers from $50 to $70 million annually through marketing and advertising revenues alone. Otani's jersey sales shattered the records, whereas Dodgers jersey became the fastest selling jersey through the first 48 hours in Fanatics.com history, passing Lionel Messi. Now, whose idea was it to defer $680 million of his salary starting with payments beginning in 2034? It was none other than Shohei himself. And why did he do that? Because his number one priority is to win and win big. Dodgers president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, told reporters at Otani's introductory press conference, I wouldn't have had the guts to propose it. So this was Otani's idea. For the next two years, the Dodgers are only on the hook for $2 million a year for Otani's salary. That's the same amount of money they'll be paying Justin Turner in back payments this season. Beginning in 2026, due to MLB's collective bargaining agreement, the club will have to begin funding Otani's deferral payments with a minimum of $46 million per year. So the Dodgers will pay him the majority of his money after his playing days with the Dodgers are done. When his 10-year contract with LA ends after the 2023 season, the Dodgers will pay him $68 million a year for the next 10 years. What that allows the Dodgers to do is to take that money that they're profiting off Otani and all the income that he's generating and use that to improve the roster around him. There is an agreement between the club and Otani that they must use the financial windfall to improve the team around him. And we've already seen that this offseason. They signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto and made him the highest paid pitcher in baseball history after inking him to a 12-year, $325 million deal. They traded for Tyler Glass now, and they signed him to a $136.5 million extension. They brought back Joe Kelly and Jason Hayward, and they just signed all-star outfielder Teoscar Hernandez to a one-year, $23.5 million contract. The Dodgers' salary now for the 2024 season sits at $302 million. Additionally, the deal stipulates that Otani can opt out of the contract if either Dodgers president of baseball operations Andrew Friedman or majority owner Mark Walter leaves the organization for any reason. Los Angeles Times Dodgers beat writer Jack Harris put out a story analyzing Otani's unprecedented contract and financial analyst Maury Aaron told the Times they're getting a huge financial windfall for this contract when compared to the $460 million in present day value disclosed. They'll make a lot of money. A lot of money on this thing. This may be close to an $800 million to $1 billion game for the Dodgers over a decade. The agents gave an example of how the Dodgers could maximize their return on the money saved by taking the $680 million in deferrals and investing it with an asset management firm like Guggenheim Partners. Then the money could more than double in a decade's time they may be able to make $1 billion extra. He's essentially providing the Dodgers with a ton of cash flow that they 
can use to acquire talent, and he's giving them an extremely favorable loan. Imagine if you're at your job and you told your bosses you could keep 97% of the money that was owed to you for the next 10 years, and on top of that, you didn't even demand any interest on that money. That is what Otani is doing for the Dodgers, and the main kicker here is that that money has to be used to increase the talent level around him. Because let's not forget, Shohei Otani was in Anaheim, and he played alongside the best player in baseball in Mike Trout, but they still didn't have have one winning season they didn't make one postseason appearance they were two bugattis at the trailer park home in anaheim and he doesn't want to have the same thing happen again in la he wants to win big at the highest level and this is going to allow that to happen you see people out there criticizing the dodgers saying that la ruined baseball calling the los angeles deferrals and calling the los angeles tax dodgers no this is within the rules and the dodgers they're just taking advantage of the rest revenue that they make because let's be clear here this is not going to be something you're going to see because there's not any players out there that make over 50 million dollars in endorsements this is a once in a sport type player that signed a once in a sport type contract because of how unique he is and on top of that franchises out there aren't going to be able to pull this off because most don't generate the revenue that the Dodgers do. Last year, Forbes valued the Dodgers at $4.8 billion, making them the second most valuable franchise in Major League Baseball behind the Yankees. The Dodgers led the sport in attendance and ranked second in overall team revenue at $581 million. So that revenue is only going to increase, and because of that, they're able to take advantage of this. So is the contract really worth $700 million? Well, on paper, it absolutely is. But the truth is, the worth of the contract has been calculated at $460 million in present-day money because money 10 years from now isn't worth the same as money today. And also, the rich get richer. Are they the Los Angeles tax dodgers? Is Shohei Otani trying to avoid paying taxes to the state of California? Well, California has taken issue with Otani's contract with state controller Malia M. Cohen indicating in a statement that Otani could avoid paying taxes on the $680 million in deferred money if he moves back to Japan when his playing days are done. She said in a statement, the current tax system allows for unlimited deferrals for those fortunate enough to be in the highest tax brackets, creating a significant imbalance in the tax structure. The absence of reasonable caps on deferral for the wealthiest individuals exacerbates income inequality and hinders the fair distribution of taxes. I would urge Congress to take immediate and decisive action to rectify this imbalance. So it remains to be seen what Shohei intends to do when his playing days are done, but the reality is that this could go down as one of the most profitable contracts that any team has ever signed a player to, and also one of the most selfless contracts as well. Otani's agent, Nez Bolello, said, It is the most incredible act of unselfishness and willingness to win that I've ever experienced in my life or ever will. He didn't care at all about the present value inflation. So Shohei Otani and the Dodgers have put their money where their mouth is. And on paper, they have the best team in the world. Now all that's left is to go win the World Series. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, do us a huge favor and subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.